Folks, this is your captain speaking. We're just preparing the craft for departure and undergoing some last-moment pre-flight checks. But once underway, we'll be flying at about 6,000 miles per hour at an altitude of 300 feet as we depart the BFE non-stop towards our destination of... Welcome, 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 welcome to Cleared for Takeoff, the fun little pilot show we do, where we look back at some first episodes of TV shows that you know and some that you don't know, maybe, and walk through uh, if we would ground it or if we would clear it for takeoff. My name's Ian. And I'm Ellie. Hey, and that's who we've got today. So I'm in the captain's chair this week. Again, uh, I look forward to at some point actually not being in it and having someone else sort of walk me through a show. I got a few that I've been literally watching on my TV going, I want to watch that. And I go to click it and I go, but it would make a really good, a pro- I can't watch things anymore without like thinking about podcasts. I'm going, I, I, I probably want to, once I'm done, want to actually discuss, you know, the merits of the show. So I want to go in as, you know, unrehearsed on that as possible. But uh, I, think I, I might have one to do where i've seen it and you haven't oh really okay i i i, I we'll welcome talk about that off air we will i welcome a few of those so uh so the, so the premise is I kind of sort of said it but the premise is we kind of go through some pilots and go would this have passed the mustard for for us a uh, first time thing so the, the whole goal is to have one person who has seen it in the captain's chair me one person who hasn't seen it before in the co-captain's chair co-pilot's chair you and sort of walk our way through it so today we are looking at Grey's Anatomy and you hadn't had you had you even heard of Grey's Anatomy before I'd heard of it okay. yeah but that was I didn't know anything about it now, well I mean I figured it was something medical but see I'm stunned this didn't cross over because you're a big fan of Desperate Housewives which is why I suggested this oh, one yeah because they definitely shared an audience in the United States they actually ran the first season one after the other and oh, so I okay. thought this is a perfect so ABC was try- I read, read this great book once called Desperate Networks and it's about how American television, yeah, it's about how uh, American television networks uh, in the early 2000s sort of um, uh, maneuvered themselves to create identities and brands for each of their evenings and stuff like that. Some really fascinating stuff. And one of them was the idea that with Desperate Housewives creation, uh, ABC, American Broadcasting Corporation, uh, had sort of found out a niche for themselves by catering to 20-something women. And it was an audience that really hadn't been gone after with such gusto. And then once Desperate Housewives proved you could make a hit out of that, they went, what can we, what can, whatever, whatever sort of shows like this can we put on the air? And then Grey's Anatomy came along. So for you, I kind of thought, once I was on Prime, I went, this is, this is an easy fit right here so because you're a big fan of desperate housewives yeah oh absolutely i think it's it's probably got to be my favorite tv show ever okay so um so the series synopsis Grey's anatomy is it's a medical-based drama based around meredith gray an aspiring surgeon and daughter of one of the best surgeons dr ellis gray throughout the series meredith goes through professional and personal challenges along with fellow surgeons at seattle grace hospital I got pretty much designates what that was. Um, so we'd like to kind of go through. Here's what the pilot has to do. It has to do three things. It has to establish the characters first and foremost. You have to know who the characters are. You have to establish yeah. a mood or an atmosphere at the very least. And it has to give you a reason to come back. 
And what is that overarching reason to come back? And so we'll readdress those at the end before you give your ultimate verdict. Because really, I know what my feelings on this already are. I went in kind of knowing it. You're the one who gets to kind mm-hmm. of go, here's what my first blush was. And I think it's enjoyable for people listening, hopefully for two reasons. If they haven't seen the show before, maybe they check it out and live vicariously through your experience on that. Or number two, if they like this or hate this, they can listen to your unaltered first reactions <laughs> and kind of go what did, what did ellie think about this so it's really quite fun for me just to kind of sort of discover or see which elements you liked which ones you didn't and so on and so forth uh, so did gray's anatomy like cross over at all was it ever like on british television i honestly have no idea okay um i think a lot of the tv shows that i've watched in the past have been ones that people have recommended to me or that you know, I've, I've sat down and watched with someone else. So did you watch um, Desperate Housewives on like DVD or on like Netflix or was it like actually on like network television? Um, I, I had the first four series on DVD, okay. but I may have watched it on TV before I got them. I can't remember. Um, and I definitely watched the, the later ones. Because Grey's Anatomy, streamed. I believe like far surpassed Desperate Housewives by like season two or season three. It was, it was by far the bigger ratings draw. For the network surprisingly enough okay so not, not not to disparage desperate housewives it still continued to be a very very solid show yeah for, for abc seasons, i believe yeah but this is i believe Grey's anatomy is still going on like 17 seasons later wow yeah so i definitely and this is the genesis of it all and i remember where i was the first time i watched this because i was over uh, I was I was in a relationship. I was at the person's house, and we were watching Desperate Housewives, and we'd seen the promos for this. And so I thought I'll, <laughs> I'll stick around and watch the other one. I walked away, going, "That was my opinion at that time was that was all right." And I came back and and and, and rewatched. So um, just a couple of pre-flight sort of um, context checks. Uh, Grey's Anatomy, American medical drama, uh, premiered on March 27th, 2005 on ABC as a mid-season replacement. So these are the shows that replace other shows that fail by mid-year okay so it's like you're not doing well in school you're going to drop the course so you drop the 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 program and you slot something else in you have them in reserve and generally these are shows that you weren't that confident about come september but you held in reserve just in case and somehow this is like kind of their their b-rated yeah this series that they replaced the a one with. this is like you know the athlete got traded or hurt call up someone from the reserves and put them out and see what they do yeah and so, as we said, it, fe- f- f- it focuses on the fictional lives of surgical interns, uh, residents, and attendings on, uh, at Seattle Grace Hospital. And the title, Grey's Anatomy, is a pun on a human anatomy textbook first published in 1858 in London and written by Henry Gray. So it's actually like a medical Delightful. textbook, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> well, I thought so. And it is currently the longest running scripted primetime show on ABC. Um, and it's the longest running American primetime medical drama series as of recording. So if you're listening okay. to this in 2070, maybe it's different. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we, if you're still listening to this in 2070, we didn't destroy the world. Um, prior to broadcast, it was announced the show's title. So Grey's Anatomy, which one's better? Grey's Anatomy or the other rumored title? complications oh Grey's anatomy is better it's much better isn't it yeah so um the executive vice president for development at abc frankie calfo said i sorry francie calfo said i think there was a need for this kind of show on air specifically a medical show and shonda that's shonda rhymes creator and showrunner found a twist on it that made it perfect where we're at right now medical shows are hard and it was hard to figure out where ours could be different but where everyone else is speeding up their medical shows she found a way to slow it down so you get to know the characters. There's definitely a strong female appeal to it. 
And showrunner Sandra Rhimes uh, explained that she had found the idea of a show about smart women competing against, against one another to be an interesting one. Would that be your read on this? Is this smart women competing against each other? Seems to be, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, not just between the women, though. There's definitely a lot of competition between, well, not so much from O'Malley, but from Alex. Yes. He's yes. clearly very competitive and arrogant Arrogant, yes whereas o'malley just o'malley doesn't really seem to care about the competition he's just like yeah i'm i'm here to make friends so i had a dog named hate me i had a dog named o'malley and he was named (laughs) after george o'malley that that character just this big lovable loyal slightly oafish but generally good-natured dog yeah i knew this but i'd forgotten this at the time i watched the the pilot a couple so, of days ago so it was just like i kind of just wanted to take the the essence of that character and just sort of implement it into a dog and so <laughs> uh, it was one of like three or four names in the running but it definitely it won out in the end yeah um and shonda rhymes considered setting the medical drama in her hometown of chicago but eventually decided to go to seattle um to distinguish Grey's anatomy from another show called er i don't know if you ever heard of er but that was based in chicago I've heard of it. I haven't seen it though. Oh, it was a big rating. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if the medical dramas cross over that well here because I think, like, if I've, I've watched Casualty over here, yeah. and I think UK medical dramas have a different. It, it's a whole different language with like the, the, su- the terms and whatnot. Yeah, I suppose the way that the hospitals are run in the UK and the US are going yep. to be quite different, and especially with the whole thing about medical insurance and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, that that doesn't necessarily translate that well to a UK audience because we're very used to our beloved nhs and getting our treatments for free when we need them yes um without having to pay (laughs) pay the insurance beforehand so maybe that's why we have our own separate ones because that's quite a i imagine that can be quite a crucial plot point there there are storylines about making sure this person has the right insurance or his insurance won't cover it so they try and disguise it as something else and it's just It's it's literally and, and figuratively foreign to me uh, the, yeah. the idea that this could be this could be even be a notion. So Canada's turning more and more private with its healthcare, which is a scary, scary sight. I'm 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 glad uh, the, the 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 NHS here in Britain is fantastic, and we should definitely not take it for granted. Yeah, well, it's definitely um, been much appreciated this year. Which much appreciated, has hasn't it? And I'll, it, I, interesting because there was talk about the privatization of the NHS and things of that nature. Mm. So hopefully, this is the reminder that we need at the right time to hang on to this. Hopefully. So, um, Shonda Rhimes would later parlay this into success. I think she does like How to Get Away with Murder. I think I don't know if you've ever heard of that. That's big on Netflix. Um, yeah, she's got a bunch of shows now. Um, she's a very powerful and successful woman in Hollywood. Um, so this episode, the pilot episode, it actually goes under the name A Hard Day's Night, which is a song by the Beatles and started the tradition <laughs> where every episode of Grey's Anatomy is named after a famous song. Cool. I wonder if they run out of them after a while. Surely not. Uptown Funk or something like that. I don't know if you need to have that sort of stuff. <laughs> I believe, I'm not sure. Is it right? I don't want to be out of turn. I thought season by season they might change the artist, but I might be confusing it with that 70s show. So okay. I'll leave that be. <laughs> uh, just a couple of interesting ideas. Uh, the voiceover that started the episode and uh, episodes in general was not originally in place in the episode. It was an, a missing piece, Shotter, I'm said. And so they added it. And so there's also some interesting um, sort of character combinations. But I think it's better to talk about that as we go through the episode. So should we do this? Should we go through the plot a little bit and then we'll talk about the characters and whatnot? Yeah. Okay. So we start with a cold open and we meet uh, Meredith 
Ellen Pompeo, and we meet Derek, played by Patrick Dempsey. And Patrick Dempsey is a big deal. Patrick Dempsey was like a legit movie star in the 80s. Yeah. This was his comeback. Like, people were kind of, he'd kind of been written off, but he was in some great movies. Uh, My favorite is uh, a a little film called With, With Honors where he plays with Joe Pesci and Brandon Fraser, and he's just this great kind of lovable, quirky guy in it. But uh, he's also in Bridget. You know him from Bridget Jones's Baby, I'm assuming. I certainly do, yeah. <laughs> this is what he parlayed his, his Grey's Anatomy fame yeah. into. And I've, I've also seen Maid of Honor. Oh, Maid of Honor, another terrible film. Well. So, yeah. <laughs> Maid of Honor truly is dreadful. And actually, Maid of Honor has two Grey's Anatomy alumni in it. The Scottish guy who she's going to get married to is also from Grey's Anatomy eventually. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kevin McKidd. So, yeah. So, that's really quite, it was really quite weird to watch this and go, it's two characters, but they're in the same universe, but not as the same, this is nuts. <laughs> this, there were a lot of people in this that I recognized. Oh, really? And Yeah. Um, it, I'm not used to watching TV shows and having so many people that I recognize from films in it. Okay. Well, films and and TV. Okay, you have to let me know when you may, sort of hit some of them. It may it might only be three actually. It well, might not be like huge, enough, but it still felt like a lot. Did you because recognize- normally TV shows are more unknown people to me? Traditionally, that's the way it's been. You you sort of hope to go from the small screen to the big screen. Yeah, or they're sort people of that I know from other TV yeah. shows, so they're not kind of out of place. Whereas this was like, whoa! Did you that, recognize that definitely a face I recognize? Did you recognize Ellen Pompeo, Meredith Grey, from her brief moment in Catch Me If You Can? No. <laughs> oh, she's she's the uh, stewardess who helps um, Leo DiCaprio find the stowaway seat, and it's all like he all oh, floats okay. with her. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the thing to me. Where I went, whoa. So uh, Ellen Pompeo, Patrick Dempsey, and um, they've just had sex, and they're trying to get out the door, and it's just you know the morning after the night, the morning after the night before. That's right. Yeah. And she gets them out, and you know they're both wrapped in towels. Cold. She is. Oh, what do you mean? Like the fact that she like chucks him out by going like, let's not do yeah. the thing where we pretend. He's, he's, he's so nice. It's he's so it's charming. Those, it's definitely a role reversal, isn't it? It feels like it's really trying to establish her as like a career woman. And it because normally in like the TV yep. tropes, you would get the man being like, oh, K- off to work now. Time like, to go. Yep. Yeah. Kicking her out. Whereas this is completely the opposite way around, even though they're both going to work. <laughs> Yeah, and we get that well, she's, maybe he's not going until a bit later. We but. get that she's starting a new job today, and they don't because they don't want to exchange yeah. details, so they don't. But so it's left nebulous. I'm sorry though, but who on earth goes out on the town and picks up a guy in a bar the night before they're due to start a new job? What a stupid plan, Meredith especially, Grey. Especially a job to this caliber. It's not like she's just going and yeah, starting you, a new job. This is not job a job you want. This is this is yeah. her medical career. This is not a job you want to start with, like any sort of hangover or like no, anything less than the optimal. Like, on a forty-eight hour shift, no yeah. less. I'd have been. Yeah, that's a good point. You want to get lots of sleep. I'd have been. What an idiot. I'd have been like shaking with nerves maybe the night before, <laughs> but I don't know if it, if that's the move yeah. to go out and yeah. Um, and so then we go to the hospital, and the chief of medicine there is um giving a speech uh i think his name is richard avery is his character's name and he this metaphor of the game welcome to the game that's what it makes to be in the game this is the game welcome to the game i got tired of this game metaphor so quickly (laughs) thankfully they they drop it after the pilot episode you don't hear the game the rest of the time yeah oh it was it was it was it was not written well but then um and we uh it's richard weber richard weber thank you richard weber and so 
that's more or less the cold open. We get our opening credits, which are different. Uh, the music I played, actually, at the start isn't the music you would have heard. I don't think they'd, they'd figured out what the theme was yet. So when they do pilots, they just sort of put placeholder stuff in, in there and go, we'll figure it out for episode two. But more mm-hmm. often than not, the uh, like community, the music for the opening of community in episode one isn't the same as the rest of a series and so on and so forth. Oh, Okay. So especially something like Grey's Anatomy, which would have been like a mid-season replacement. You go, don't bother. If it doesn't get a pickup, we're not going to yeah. do it. But of course, you don't notice if you're obviously you start at episode one, don't you? So you haven't got the theme song in your head yeah. yet. So it's not really a problem. It's this really weird credit sequence. If you go to episode two, you can find the uh, the stuff on YouTube. Maybe we'll tweet it out. And it's this mix of like doing it'll be like a guy doing up a girl's dress from behind, like a little black dress. Oh. And then it'll it'll like it'll like dissolve into someone like tying up someone's hospital gown before they go into surgery, <laughs> and then it'll be like okay. IV fluids falling into into something, and that'll turn into like martini filling a martini glass. It's it, it's this. I think they were looking oh, for this no. idea of like these are sexy people yeah, doing like medicine. Cool. It's it's a bit ham fisted. I think they drop yeah. it at the end, but I do Good. remember there was this final scene where it's like two people with like a sheet over them in a hospital bed. You just see their feet kind of coverting, if you will. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, I, oh, I, I don't think it really captures the tone of what they wanted to. I mean, I think the idea of, you know, sexy people in medicine, I suppose. But uh, then we go to Act 1, we go to the hospital, and we begin our 48-hour count. And I really like this as an introductory point to this journey. We're on hour 1, we're on hour 5, we're on hour 12. Yeah, it was interesting. And I, I liked how they gave, still gave us hour 48 at the end as well. Yes, yes, yeah, so I know did. that we definitely finished it. Yeah. Uh, when Grey's Anatomy did their casting, they did a colorblind casting technique. And so what they did was they cast every character without any predetermination of the ethnicity of any of the characters. And so as a result, you got a very diverse cast, I think. Um, but Dr. Meredith Grey, Ellen Pompeo, uh, which Sandra Ryan said was a challenging role to cast, and she kept saying we need a girl like that girl from Moonlight Mile. Now, I haven't seen Moonlight Mile, but Ellen Pompeo is the girl she's talking about. <laughs> and Sandra Ryan said after a while, we were like, we think we can actually just get that girl from Moonlight Mile. So that worked out all right. Funny they didn't actually bother to think that in the first place. <laughs> yes. When cast in the role of Dr. Derek Shepard, other people such as, uh, well, there was someone very famous who turned down the role. Very, very oh. famous. Rob Lowe turned down the role. Do you know who Rob Lowe I is? I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh, no. Rob Lowe. Oh, he's famous for being in Parks and Rec. He's famous for being in the West Wing. Oh. I'm going to have to. He's in have Wayne's World? Who he is. Okay, Rob Lowe. Um, I don't know who he is. Oh, really? He's fantastic. He was a big star in the 80s, much like Patrick Dempsey. Actually, Patrick Dempsey is probably like diet Rob Lowe. So okay. when, when they got Dempsey, according to Chandra Rhymes, they said Dempsey was just perfect. Dempsey is more beautiful than Rob Lowe. Uh, they come up with a nickname for him early in episode two, I believe. They start calling him McDreamy. And that's his little nickname. He's McDreamy as a way to yeah. sort of objectify <laughs> him. Um, and then uh, we also find out about the Nazi. And the Nazi is Miranda Bailey. Uh, played by, oh, I wish I'd, I think I have it down here somewhere, uh, Chandra Wilson. And she's the only character with a racial description in mind. But originally, she was written, though, as a tiny blonde with curly hair. Oh. <laughs> so they might have had a racial description in mind, but it wasn't the one they went with in the end. I guess, and it's that idea of being against what you would expect. Yeah, I like the fact that the Nazi is very much 
the opposite of the Aryan race. Yep, and she's so that, that, that's a good thing. If you had yeah. a blonde with blue eyes, that would be. Oh, that's a like, good point. It also, I think it helps that 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 this episode be a little less um, in in like ma- I don't know if I would write a script with the word Nazi to describe someone now. No, it's especially because that word's picked but, up extra meaning in the last five ten years. Yeah, yeah. But I think it. I think if you cast it as a black woman, then it's clearly you know just all about her personality and it's it's kind of that little and, bit of irony isn't it and she is so feisty i guess i'd say militant militant <laughs> and it is the because she's a woman and she's a short woman too and everyone else yeah. towers <laughs> over her but she has such a big presence i have an episode of the cosby show that i went back and saw years later where she plays like one of like the teenagers friends who's just over there and she's still the same woman even though it was like 15 years before. Again, another another link I should try and find and see if I can tweet out. So, um, and she's reading the five rules and they get to the four rules. It's like, if I'm asleep, don't wake me up. You know, if I'm whatever, you know, you... and Don't bother sucking up. I already hate you. I already you. hate you. Change. <laughs> but rule... Meredith goes, what about rule five? And then almost as if there was a script they were going off of, <laughs> the beeper goes off. It goes, rule five, when I move, you move. And off they run. And that is that. Um, George... Um, there's a there's a tradition that every year the, the the resident who's the most promising gets selected to scrub in, and George O'Malley is selected by Doctor Burke. So there's two more people we got to talk about, and two people who are actually quite intertwined in the grand scheme of things. So uh, Isaiah Washington played Doctor Preston Burke. Uh, he originally read for the role of Shepherd. But didn't get that. But he was cast as Burke because the original actor to play Burke had to withdraw, and I don't know who that was. I would love to know that. And then T.R. Knight signed on for the pilot as Dr. George O'Malley, expecting the role might be short-lived, but also because he liked the character was multifaceted. And yeah, I like George O'Malley in this. He's the opposite to everybody else, it feels like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, he doesn't seem to care too much about the competition. It's just, he just wants to, the nice guy, isn't he? He just wants to make friends. I mean, he's a bit of an idiot, but he's, he's the nice guy. He's probably the only guy who doesn't want to be selected for that opening surgery. Yeah. <laughs> and we even hear in an aside, uh, Dr. Bailey's going, George O'Malley barely made it out of med school. Why do you want to pick him? Anyway, he's, yeah. he, he's my guy. And we get the idea that Burke, who's very confident, is going to absolutely ride George O'Malley over the coming year. Yeah. Um, these actors would actually have some drama. There's a lot of drama off the stage as well. <laughs> or off the set. I guess over a, over a series this long, not series, sorry, a a show with yeah. this many series these two actors had some serious beef and yeah with big fallout but uh interesting to see them here in their infancy <laughs> um and that's and oh and then meredith finds out she has to go talk to dr shepherd he's new here and they point him out and of course it's derek from the night before and we go to commercial break and we come back and he's He's charming, but he's also, I don't know, where, how do you feel about this? Because he's clearly still in I like this girl mode, but she's going like, you yeah. are my boss by like several levels. Yeah, he is really pushing it, isn't he? <laughs> um, she's not wrong when she tells him it's completely inappropriate. Yeah, but in the same breath, if you're Derek, you've done, you know, you didn't know. Yeah, and yeah. It was already, it's already inappropriate because you've already done what you've done. So I suppose yeah. it's not... Technically, it's pre-existing relationships. It's one of those kind of things you can just declare on a form, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really not appropriate. Is it? <laughs> um, and so 
George goes and does the surgery. He's pulling it off, much to the chagrin of his uh, fellow interns, with the exception of Meredith, who has to show herself to be a good person by cheering him on. And then he botches the finish, and which causes Alex Karev to refer to him as 007. License to kill. <laughs> now I don't know if you noticed this, Ellie, but when they were doing the um when they were doing the scenes up in the oh what do you call it? The the, the gallery. The you observation. Might, you might call it the theater. theater yeah. Maybe? Um Alex Karev is always off to the side in a doorway by himself, and he's never captioned any of the wide oh, shots. Was he not actually there? He was not actually there. Most oh, of Alex cool. Karev's shots, played by Justin Chambers, were done in post because he was not filmed originally for the pilot, and they thought there was something missing, and there would have been. Oh. You need you need a jerk in the group. Everybody can't yeah. be, gee whiz, that's going to be the best doctor I can be. I had to have a couple of, especially one guy to represent, you know, the popular kid from high school kind of trope. Yeah. Yeah. And so George is uh, bemoaning his bad luck, says he should have gone to geriatrics, because when you go into geriatrics, nobody minds if, if the patient dies. <laughs> uh, and then Christina says that you only go into geriatrics when you're a virgin who still lives with your mom, which prompts George to say, I got to find a new place or get, <laughs> or get my own place. Yeah. Uh, Sandra, oh, I don't, need any, I don't think I have any casting notes on Sandra, <gasps> oh, do I? Sandra, you, oh, though. Okay. Sandra, oh, was, oh, no, I have something. Oh, just that she was, she originally auditioned for the character of Bailey, but was pressed to read for the role of Christina Yang instead, who I, who I guess Bailey? they named Yang afterwards. Pardon me? Which one is Bailey? The Nazi. Ah, okay. So originally Nazi, and they went go for Christina instead. And Sandra, oh, is Canadian. So that's how, one of the reasons how, how we, know, I didn't know her beforehand, but it's, it's part of the rules of my people that when someone becomes famous, you have to learn who they are and then tell everybody Canadian. She has since done. I think, I'm guessing from your reaction, you have not seen Killing Eve. I've not you? seen Killing Eve, no. Because <laughs> no. I love Sandra Oh. Oh, do you really? She, okay. The, the second she appeared on the screen, I was like, oh my God, yeah, she, she's in this. She's a huge deal, I understand, in Killing Eve. Um, she's an incredible actress and Killing Eve is amazing. She's, I haven't seen that. That. So, well, that, so there's one you can add to the list. Um, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge um, wrote and I think directed as well the first. Series. Oh wow! Okay, so, that's got me. Yeah. That's that's got me intrigued for sure. Yeah, because I'd love to do Fleabag on this as well. If we can find someone who hasn't seen it yet. Oh yes, <laughs> but we've both seen. <laughs> the that, problem so. is, I keep I keep telling everybody you got to see Fleabag because it's that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she was also in Sideways, which was an interesting film with Paul Giamatti and Thomas. I want to call him Thomas Hayden Church. I could be wrong on the name there, but it's about wine tasting. But it's not really about that. But that's kind of the premise, and it's supposed to be a lovely independent film as well. So she's generally we'll considered some. Sideways. Sideways. She's considered someone who can like legitimately act. So um, good for Canada's own Dr. Christina Yang. I Um, love Sandra O so much that I'm writing that down in the middle of the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so um, Meredith's patient is calling nine one one. She has this little uh, beauty queen teen who's missing her pageant is calling that one because she's bored but says my head is full and that's ignored i think did were you sitting there going this is going to go badly when she says your head is well, my head is full and she's like yeah that's what thinking's called oh, just every everything about this character i was I, thinking this is going to go badly i think they gave us enough reason where i'd go yeah i'd be tired of this kid too yeah i think we're designed to feel meredith's journey throughout uh alex karev is a dick to nurses we're not going to talk about who plays Izzy. Oh, Izzy. Let's talk about Izzy. Izzy is played by uh, my favorite 
uh, actress on the, on the show anyway, <laughs> Catherine Heigl, who I think is just fantastic in in this in this sort of role. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Catherine Heigl is a great actress, but for what this role is, Catherine Heigl is a great choice. Yeah, yeah, she's she's good. <laughs> the big thing for her on my casting notes is she was supposed to be a brunette, but Catherine Heigl requested to retain her natural blonde hair. Hmm. There we go. I mean, and we get the idea. There's a former model. It's it's not spelled out, but I'm guessing you could guess this is the one they were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and part of the pilot is this: you can't pay off all the characters in episode one. You can just introduce because there's not really much for Izzy to do in episode one. She's just kind of there. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. It's she's there for the joke, really, isn't she? And yeah, well, a few jokes, and she just. She's also she's on the George side of the scale. She's not Christina or Meredith. She's not a shark. She's just walking around giving rectal exams all day long. Although I did like she's got her hand up by her face when it's time to eat later in the episode. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't be (laughs) I would be using like, I don't know, anything to extend my hand further away from my face. (laughs) I don't care how much you wash it. I think that would be it for me. Um, and so Meredith's patient, she gets a 911, her patient is having seizures and Meredith freezes. Uh, we go to commercial, we come back. Eventually she uses the paddles and saves the girl. And Derek yells at her for not monitoring the patient. I'm like, Derek's kind of a dick in this moment. He is. I don't think, cause later he has to admit, like, there's no reason for this happening. And I felt he owed her an apology. Yeah. It, it didn't really line up. I don't think he I know she rebuffed him earlier, but it didn't feel like he took it particularly badly because he was doing his whole like smarmy moves. So it, it didn't feel justified enough to be fe- because of that. It felt each character needed a pushback at some point, and they had them for all of them except for Meredith. They went, what can we do? Well, we'll do this, even if it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, And then the the parents of the kid yell at Derek and Derek is like the you know the foremost brain surgeon in like the Western Hemisphere, but they're like, we want somebody better. It's like, okay, great. And he goes and he wants the uh, interns to help him play detective and find out the cause. Uh, we go to commercial, come back, Act Four. Meredith and Christina make a pact and they solve it. And by they solve it, I mean Meredith solves it. But the pact is that whoever gets it, Meredith doesn't want to scrub in because she hates Derek. Yeah. Uh, Derek then picks Meredith and she doesn't. It's awkward. She doesn't give it to Christina. Mm-hmm. Uh, O'Malley. He's an idiot. He, yeah, she's an idiot. Uh, not for not for taking the place, but for like not realizing that she would in the first place. Yeah. And then O'Malley is drinking juice while this patient's in surgery. And earlier in the episode, he'd promised the patient's family. He'd like guaranteed he'd make it out. Yeah. Like, and as soon as he said it, I was like, you idiot. Yeah. It's kind of signposting it because, you know, um, Burke, when he asked you, I'm very good at what I do, but it is still surgery and there are still risks. I'm like, you kind of have to follow that guy's lead just because you've known him for an hour and a half or eight hours or whatever it is at this point doesn't mean that, you know, he's infallible. But it's, I mean, that's not just something that applies to doctors and stuff. Like, you just don't make a professional promise and, unless uh, you are 100%, more than 100% certain it's going to happen. Whenever you train for a job, a professional job like this, I think teaching's the same. I think you imagine what things are going to be like and you get to a moment where you pretend, you're playing 
that role still rather than doing mm-hmm. that role and it's the super idealized version and he's you know i'm gonna do good and because i want to save them and because i believe that guy's a great surgeon he'll come through without a doubt but yeah. you know your sample size is so small he's seen one patient get into trouble and burke easily saved him but that doesn't mean it's going to be like that every time <laughs> yeah so yeah uh, but especially with juxtaposition, he's sitting there drinking his little apple juice box and in the background. You can see it's clearly going badly, which was yep. as far as cinematography goes for a TV show. That was that was well set up. I was quite OK with yep. that. Yeah. Um, and then a, a great quote, though, uh, he makes he makes George, though, tell he says you got to tell the widow she's a widow. But he says, but I promise. He said, look, who are you to promise? I don't make that promise. No one can make that promise is God. And I haven't seen him holding a scalpel lately, <laughs> which is nice and meredith and christina fight um in act five the final act we have a bald beauty queen because she's going to the surgery and everybody talks about what life would be easier if they were this and meredith wishes she was a chef george wishes he was a postal worker because postal workers are dependable and i'm like of course that's what you want to be george that's great (laughs) um we find out meredith's got a bad mom who said she'd never be a surgeon as opposed to george's parents who thinks he's superman because he's a surgeon uh, Meredith goes and hangs out in the ER, not the ER, kind of like general surgery or general care, and makes Karev look badly. Um, Richard Avery comes up and says, you're the spitting image of your mother. Yeah. Welcome to the game. Uh, Meredith and Christina make up, and then finally we see that the whole um, monologue we've had throughout the whole episode is Meredith telling about her first shift to her mother, who has Alzheimer's and is in a care home, which had been alluded to all this time. Uh, where's your mother? She's not dead, but she's just, we don't, yeah. have, to do, we don't have to do the thing. And it's that always a conversation at the start with the guy she's just slept with. So. Yeah. <laughs> and she's always kept things kind of uh, aloof about her mother. And so here's the deal. One of the great surgical minds uh, of, of their time can't even remember that she was a doctor. and there's that sad and it's a burden that you see her having to carry and by her i mean uh meredith as she's trying to sort of show that to the person and the irony is she's making it as a surgeon and the person who's maybe approval she wants most she may not be able to get because her mother doesn't have the faculties to 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 give her it she's not lucid enough to understand what's going on so very very tragic so that was the episode. Let's talk about some of the characters, maybe some of your, your, your feelings on them a little bit. Um, okay. I think we should start with Meredith Grey. So what was the thoughts about Meredith Grey, Ellen Pompeo? Um, I can't say I love her. Um, she's obviously quite, well, I don't know. She seems strong and career-driven at the start. And then she just, she does a lot of stupid stuff. Like the fact <laughs> that she's... There's the fact that she slept with him before, yeah. like, or she went out on the town on the night before her first 48-hour shift, which is just ridiculous. But then, like, the idea that she wouldn't take an opportunity given to her, which is being awarded to one student and is massively going to, you know, accelerate their yeah. learning and put them on the right path just because she slept with a guy who apparently she doesn't care about anyway. Yep. Like, nobody would do that that was that career-driven. That is interesting that she's so quickly thrown off course by this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even Derek has to give her a bit of a lecture and says, don't let the fact that we, that's fine. You don't do whatever. Don't let the fact that we had sex stop you from, from, from taking actually achieving, shot. you're going for your shot and, and taking what's yours. It's a highly competitive field. 
make sure that you don't you can't afford to run anything less than 100 percent yeah. So, but the idea about I don't know, she's frustrating. She does stupid things. That's Meredith Grey. You've just described mm. her character arc for like six, seven seasons, where I'm just like, oh, would you, fair, would, now, would you just now make- that you've described the um, intro sequence for the next few series, I think I can understand why they've played her like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, Christina Yang, you've already talked about Sandra O oh and your love of Sandra O oh on this one. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, don't get me wrong. This isn't this isn't killing Eve level of Sandro. No. Like, it's a pretty tame character. Yeah. Um, or at least so far it is. Um, I, the, I think the only reason I liked Christina in this was because I like Sandro. Yeah. And also because she's not she's not Meredith or is he? Yeah. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. <laughs> I can feel where that's going. Then. Um, I don't know if there was a lot for her to do in this episode besides be Meredith's exposition friend. Yeah. Um and 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 rival, but friendly rival, it would appear. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say there's less of her than there is of George O'Malley. I think George O'Malley is clearly the number two character they've developed in this episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. And I mean, it's him and Meredith that have the heart to heart as well, isn't it? So you get a bit more depth on both of those characters that you don't get from the others. And we kind of stepped over this, but there's an implication that George is into Meredith. Oh, maybe he says how, oh, when they're introduced, he goes, hi, we we met at the mixer. You were wearing those like red, like he knows like finite details of her wardrobe. And when Karev and the guys and when Karev and the guys are like, hey, she's hot. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a friend. And um, but that's just because he was trying to fit in with them. Ah, maybe. Yeah. But I think there's an implication here that George is is in. It's very subtle at this point, but I think George is into her. No, um, I'd actually forgotten about that initial introduction to him where he's being that creepy. Oh, is it creepy? <sighs> it's really creepy. Oh, is it? Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's age where he went, great, now you think I'm gay. I'm like, that's not aged well. But, um, and like George O'Malley's a boy. You know what I mean? He's a boy yeah. in this. Derek Shepard's a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we talk about Alex Karev? Well, he's just a douchebag, isn't he? But he gets his comeuppance even in this one episode, so it's quite satisfying. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, and it's nice, yeah. He, it's, it's good to have a villain. It's good to have someone when they walk in to go, oh, what's he up to? And then finally, Izzy. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts on Izzy? She's just a bit pathetic, isn't she? But she's but she's supposed to be pathetic. We have all these scenes where she's like stood over the Nazi going, oh, I don't know whether I should wake her up. She told me not to do it unless it was life or death. Oh. She's just a bit like... Haven't we all had that experience at a job, though, where you're like, I, I, what do I do? But she's do already I... walked all the way to her. Yeah. She's had the time to process the thought. She's clearly an intelligent woman. She's, in med- she's, she's not even in medical school anymore. She's graduated yep. medical school. Like she has the mental capacity to walk to the woman and think, should I wake her up? Is this a good idea or not? Yes. I have the courage of my convictions. I'm going to wake her up and ask her this question because I do not know where else I can get the answer from. Okay. And then we've got Miranda. I think we talked a fair bit about the, the Nazi. Ah, yeah. Um, Fun. I liked her. Yeah. <laughs> and then the two male attendings. Uh, I don't think we had enough of Richard. I don't really want to talk about Richard. I don't think there's enough there. No, we didn't. But I don't. I didn't really pick up anything about nah, him in this episode, but, to be honest. But Burke and Shepard, I think we can. I think there's stuff there. So, thoughts on those yeah. two? Um, so, I quite liked Burke. I thought he was a bit, a bit in the same kind of way as the Nazi. That they both like had this element of control. Like they were both very certain of them. Not, not in an arrogant way so much as just really self-assured and knew what they were doing. Yep. And clearly, 
have their head screwed on right for the hospital environment. So they're clearly going to be, they, they add a layer of comedy as well because of the kind of cross between the bumbling medical student or junior doctor, whatever we're calling them. and Interns. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the bumblingness of the interns compared to the certainty of the attendings yeah so we have three levels we, we, at the very bottom we have the we have the interns you do that for i think two years and then okay. you become a resident and that's what yeah. and that's what miranda bailey is she is a resident okay and then you have your attendings and your attendings are like you know like, like captains in the military they have a, they have a top okay. rank and you can judge them by the color of the scrubs that they wear okay how dark the blue is is how high up the the sort of sort of I ladder they go. i paid any attention to the scrubs well there you this. go see <laughs> i get the point of scrubs is that they all look the same i guess isn't yeah. it so um see it's interesting because um, and then oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say about shepherd like yep. i think i said earlier he just comes across as quite sleazy and arrogant in a way like he puts wow. the line a bit too far but he's still quite likable he's got but i think i think he's so likable because he's so pretty oh for sure for sure. Yeah. Uh, although there's that bit where he's quite humble when he asks the interns for help and says, I really, you know, I'm going to do something that doesn't happen that often. Yes. So professionally, professionally. he's a nice guy. Yeah. Okay. Personally, as in on the romantic scale, he's a bit of a douchebag, but he can kind of get away with it because he's hot. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, At least from an audience perspective, anyway. <laughs> I think so. And I think you get the idea that she is, despite her best, inter- beside her best attempts to prove otherwise, I think she is still into him and yeah. finds him charming against but she knows i think she's not wrong this is inappropriate for 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 our status um i think with burke and shepherd you see two things you see burke has two forms of leadership burke is authority 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 mm. whereas shepherd is more charm and influence yes definitely he's one to and, rally and the crowd the same level are they and they are they are they're both at that that next level imagine that it's a school and avery's the the, the principal or the head teacher then the the other two burke and shepherd are like his like vice principals so both maybe gunning for the big job one day stuff like that so um and then so really i mean i don't know i can't know what the plot what about seattle the idea that's had it in see i love because they there's always so many shots of seattle and i love seattle as a character in the show maybe we get a lot of it i just love the seattle skyline i've decided no? I, I can't say a no oh. like there were there were like some landscapey bits over the credits love stuff. it love it i mean it felt a bit dated but i mean it was oh okay it was okay i didn't really pay much attention to it to be honest okay so let's talk about the reviews quickly um diana words at newsday said they're all bursting with life and individuality practically popping off the screen like hugh laurie's erasable house title character star ellen pompeo's newly minted dr gray conveys such substance you simply can't stop watching Tom Shales from the Washington Post said, The script by Shonda Rhimes, nimbly directed by Peter Horton, is nothing but a casserole made of equal parts ham and corn. And finally, Terry Keller from People Weekly said, There are bright spots here, including Pompeo's skillful performance and the surprisingly touching relationship between Meredith and her mother, a renowned surgeon. But to be worthy of study, Grey's Anatomy needs more of a brain. So, a mixed bag, a mixed bag, but generally, uh, generally positive reviews on season one. 
Um, its first season's ratings were constantly high, ranked number one in its time slot, and beat its closest competition by over 7 million viewers. It delivered ABC's best audience retention following Desperate Housewives, uh, which is why it was put there. It was also the highest rated show amongst 18 to 49-year-olds in 13 years since the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Um, so, um, generally, the thing is, I, I, I thought to myself, there were, I've got five main plots in this. The A plot is the interns in their 48-hour shift. Yep. Uh, The B plot, Meredith and and, and Derek. Yep. The C plot, George and Burke. Yes. Uh, The D plot, Christina and Meredith's mini fight. Yep. And then number E, I've got Meredith and her mother. It's very short, but it's it's delivered there. I I think think it, it was worth mentioning. Yeah. So for an hour to establish the characters we've established, and we said there could have been done more with Izzy. You could have done more potentially with Alex, but he did get his comeuppance, which isn't bad considering you tacked him on to the end. I think the amount that they did with Alex was completely yeah. fine. I don't for, for establishing the character, it did what it needed to do. And the only one who probably could use a little bit more fleshing out at this point is Izzy. I think even Christine is doing all right. Yeah. Uh, to so. do, for, to, for one episode. Yeah, for one episode, 44 minutes or 40 minutes to get five plots out there. I think they did a decent enough uh, job. So who is your favorite character? Is it Christina Yang? Um, I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't think there was enough to her. In, uh, she's the one that I got excited about when I saw her on the screen, but it's only because of who she is. It's not because of the character that she had played. Um, probably either burke or the nazi okay um just but be, just because i liked the comedy level that they added and how they put people in their place now originally um they were going to put meredith up against burke as a romantic coupling what as in actually with burke not with the actor when he was thinking about playing it must be it must be with a black actor because they vetoed it because it, it said in my research that she she felt it was a little bit too close to her real life because in her real life she's also married to a black man oh. a, re- a record producer uh i have his name here somewhere i'm sure uh but that was to be a actually if i hop off i'm sure i've got it on my google right now oh no i don't too I close to her real life just because the guy has black skin yeah apparently that's what i just got that really? it was too they felt it was too close and they said it was like her marriage to oh i've got chris avery or something like that down uh oh no oh yes i'm right here original writers and creators wanted ellen pompeo and isaiah washington to be a couple so that would be meredith gray and preston burke ellen vetoed the suggestion because it too closely mirrored her personal life the next sentence ellen is married to chris ivory who's a black record producer okay don't know hmm. so um no, on, a bit weird. on a quick side note um when asked about operating room scenes there was a comment from a producer that said this we work with bovine organs which is cow's organs the smell is repulsive and it makes us gag and we use an actual soldering tool to solder the organs. It smells like burning flesh. There's also a lot of silicone and blood matter, red jello mixed with blood and chicken fat. It's pretty gross. Yep. So, it doesn't sound like the most desirable prop to work with. Okay. Um, who's your least interesting character at this point? Or is he? Is he? Okay. Yeah. Um, is there a favorite element so far that you came across in the show? Something that you thought, I really like this. Um... Probably the the O'Malley and Burke side of it. Okay. Again, that's that's probably because I like Burke as a character and the way that he interacts with the others. 
I, I think it's also you take your two most different characters and you put them side by side, and that's supposed to be the secret to great yeah. comedy. And yeah. if there's an opposite to George O'Malley, it probably is Burke. <laughs> so, you know, super confident Burke, but knows what to do at the right time and is cool headed and all that stuff versus yeah. George O'Malley, who's just a bit of bless him. He's just walking around trying to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that you didn't like about it? Um, I found it quite predictable. Okay. Um, it it didn't. F- I've watched quite a lot of House. Okay. And it felt quite similar to that. And I don't know. It didn't feel like the storylines that it were setting up were unique enough or going to be particularly interesting to offer anything different to that, you, that kind of standard medical drama by storylines do you mean the case of the week format or the or the interpersonal relationships between the people at the hospital i mean all of it oh really oh, okay yeah um I, f- I feel like it's already i know i know that i've looked up like house started in 2004 so they're basically running at really the same time similar times yeah, yeah so i don't necessarily want to say that house had already done it but Right. For me, House has already done it. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, well, this is going to be quite interesting then. Um, the question would be, I think we've hit that time in the thing where it's like, is this something you would continue watching? No. Wow, really? Yeah. I thought you, um, wow, I thought for sure you would it is. it is mostly because of the fact that I feel like it's a, it's been overdone. So if I were watching it, in 2005 perhaps not at the age i was in 2005 but um, if i were watching it as an adult in 2005 maybe i would have i probably would have carried on watching it because it probably would have been a lot more fresh okay but looking at it now in 2021 i'm like yeah it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything particularly exciting or new and you know there are there are lots of other things i would rather watch and also I'm now aware that it was a hell of a long run, so that's a lot of hours to invest. Oh, like, in like I, 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 I would by no means say go. I, I stopped after I don't know season eight, maybe I don't know. Uh, I used to get the box set every year, and then when that relationship ended, just didn't really feel for some reason. And then and then you fall behind. You're like, uh, and it was probably dropping in yeah. quality anyway. Like I famously. You know, my least favorite character on Grey's Anatomy is Meredith Grey. (laughs) (laughs) There's a real issue with that. Like, there are scenes where, like, you know, as with any medical drama, eventually the doctors themselves will be placed in life and death situations. And I would famously cheer for Meredith to die on several occasions (laughs) and then be upset when when, when, when she wouldn't. Uh, I would call it George's Anatomy. I would call it uh, all, all sorts of things. And there's, you know, all sorts of... Uh, I'll, I'll give it absolute credit for its longevity. Um, yeah, but there is uh, a whole lot of drama that goes on. Ab- uh, I don't even know who from the original cast is still there. Yeah, I really I don't. Say, I'm guessing that Meredith Grey is still in it as it's. I believe named she. After her. I believe she is still there. I believe so. There wasn't a, a chance where you could have spun off because there's family. There's other family members who get involved. Yeah. With the surname Gray, so you could spin that off and make that they yeah. could be the Gray, or after a while it can just be the name of the show, and it just is what yeah. it is. Uh, but regardless, and she's she's north of fifty now, so good on her being the central For a long time being the central character. I mean that that's a that's the kind of career you usually see in soap operas. 
Yeah. So if you had to give it a grade, if we had to give it like a letter grade, now I'm trying to do it on the North American scale, so you can go up to A+, but it goes A+, A, B, C, D. There's no E in the American system. There's just F. <laughs> if it's not a D, it's an F. An F is fail. There's no G, there's no what, U. It's just an and F. And what is a pass mark? A pass mark would be any... Actually, technically anything a pass is... A pass is anything, an F means failed. So anything that's not a fail is a pass. Oh, no. But like, you wouldn't want to go home with too many Ds. You'd be like, yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. been a good day. So a C is like average. So. Yeah, okay. So if you had to so, give it sort of a score. So I've, I've given it a C. Oh, okay. Because I want to, I feel like it definitely is a pass in terms of it's not, it's not a bad show. So it's not a it's, show that you would shut down. You're just saying I, you yourself won't watch any more of it. It's, it's not a show that I would shut down in 2005 for sure. Fair enough. Um, I think it establishes the characters really well. And it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of really good quality actors in it as well. Um, I'm just not sure about the general sort of premise um, but I think it's my cynical 2021 brain that's looking at that and going, nah. See, one of the things this did, it was this is considered maybe the fresh part. I don't know if House does this. I, I'm not nearly as familiar with House as I am with this. So, um, but it would be the the mixture of, if a song could get on Grey's Anatomy for some of those montages that we see, those songs would become big hits. So I don't know if you're familiar with, with the phrase song, how to save a life. Do you know that? Yeah, I think so. That that rode Grey's Anatomy to to go to number one. Like it really was a star making kind of um, thing. And so, I mean, it, it gets I mean, it gets really ridiculous. That's my biggest problem with Grey's Anatomy. As you go on, like planes fall out of the sky and all sorts. <laughs> like it just gets too much. And I'm like, this is just a little bit. Like I have to believe it at least. It's like soap opera logic. Like there's just the, all these things couldn't happen to you in the course of one lifetime. And yeah. yet, like if you listed them, you're like, there's no blinking way. There's no way. So I don't want to spoil it. Maybe we'll talk a bit more off mic, but just some of the stuff they do. I'm like, you just, I no longer can believe in these characters as real, real people in the slightest. And as a result, I can't invest in them beyond this point. So that's when, that's why when I kind of, that relationship ended, I kind of went, I'm okay leaving Grey's Anatomy alone for a bit. I might go back now and actually take a look at some of it and see, like go back and visit an old friend and see if they're able to talk to me or if I'm sort of talking to them nonsensically uh, yeah. as they try to remember their former glories. So such as using the soap opera analogy though, like there are plenty of people who carry on watching soap operas for decades and have been with it the whole way through and watch it, you know, religiously every single evening. And well, there's actors who will not... stay on the show for 30, 40 years. Well, yes. yeah. Well, they obviously believe in it. And you know, that's not, well, I mean, I've never had the chance to act on a show for, for that long, so I don't, don't well, or on any show I've acted on stage. But, yeah. you know, my point, I, I haven't had the opportunity to say whether I would do that or not. But certainly from an audience perspective, I have not got the stamina to watch a soap opera for that long or to care about it anymore. So that's, it's just not me, but there are clearly people out there who love that kind of long-term storyline and don't care how ridiculous it gets because they love the characters and the characters in this are good. Like if you were like 20 when you started like watching this, like you'd be 36 now, 37. Like how different is your life from when you're 20 years old to when you're 37? Like very yeah. different avenues. Like maybe being, you know, just maybe heading into university. You know, you're a couple of years in, in Canada or the United States, a couple of years in, a couple more to go early. And then by the time you get to 36, 37, probably family 
You know what I mean? Like probably yeah. children, maybe children of a of a of a ten plus year age. Like yeah. it's, it's got your it, own children going off to uni. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's amazing to think you could watch one thing for that duration, and that could be a constant. I guess you always know what to do Thursday nights at nine or whatever time frame they have it on now. God, how dull! What to always know what you have Thursday nights at nine? Yeah. Oh, I think it's great. 17 years. No, I think it's great. You. Well, thankfully, you can now... I mean, every, everyone's getting a platform, a digital platform now. So the... I, I swear, within five years, the idea of any sort of being beholden to any sort of broadcast, I think that'll be the end. Of, I think it's just going to be like, like Disney Plus with WandaVision. It's just going to be it gets uploaded on a Friday and just off you go. Watch it when you yeah. want. But if you're hardcore, you'll watch it as soon as it comes out. Yeah, so you'll watch it on the Thursday because binge, yeah. especially those big, because it's just one. Especially those big, 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 big shows, which is only about four of them a year. But those shows that become like Twitter and Facebook and super, everybody knows about them. So maybe, yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll sit back in fifteen more years and see if you give uh, Grey's Anatomy episode two a shot. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably still be going on season. Because I think the natural extension of, of a show like this is to start looking at the finales of shows. So look at the first episode and then look at the last episode and see how they bookend. Oh, but you'd, I wouldn't want to watch the finale without having seen all the ones in between. I, I think you probably have to get people who were fans of the show to probably yeah. do that one. Yeah. But can you imagine like the, the duration between some of these pictures of some of these? Because Meredith Grey, I, I'm not trying to be demean at all. She looks very different by like episode eight of this show when she's in episode one. Mm. I don't, it just seems like she just um, she just seems to look very different you know look look, look looks older looks older within the yeah. span of about eight episodes you're like how on earth is this possible but now she's 51 52 and i imagine she must still look really good mm. so there we go props to ellen pompeo be really interesting actually to go to a show that you have seen all of it before but it ended quite a long time ago so you haven't seen the finale that recently yeah and to watch the pilot and the finale back to back, back to back yeah i think if you, if you just watch the finale then obviously you only get the shock from the pilot but to actually compare them side by side both from a distance would be really fun like yeah i think about sitcoms maybe help with that but something like cheers modern family when you see them when they're so young and you see them when they're yeah. but back. the pilot the the um, final episodes of Modern Family are really them. nice. And that I haven't they seen give... them. Oh, okay. Just spoilers. I, I, it's I, not really a spoiler. Okay. So I won't say anything. Okay. Because I do have to catch up on those. I'm, I've got a, f- a few left to go in the final season. So, all right. But we're not, we're here to talk. We're here to finish up. Maybe we'll, 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 we'll sew this up and, and, and call it, <laughs> call it, and we won't call time. Of, well, maybe this time of death because you're not going to see it again on Grey's and I'm here sipping on my juice box and you're, and you're pronouncing time of death in the other room. <laughs> so it's uh it's 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 a no from ellie on this one she would she would pass it but will not continue it's kind of like half what do you grade this and half like like tv show blind date is what this is yeah <laughs> like, are you willing to give it another date and you're like no no not 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 feeling it <laughs> they'll make a very nice partner for someone else <laughs> yes I, I wish them well i wish them well. They're, they're, they're nice they're just not the right person for me <laughs> so all right so i guess that's it for cleared for takeoff it's it's cleared for takeoff but ellie's not on board yes not a flight she's taking (laughs) so for uh best film ever i've been in and i've been ellie and we'll see you next time